Hey everybody, it's JT. What is on your holiday meal shopping list? Well, I would suggest Painted Hills Natural Beef. It is some of the best beef in the world. And your friends and family will be thanking you for a long time if you serve Painted Hills Natural Beef for your holiday meals. And now you can buy it online just by going to PaintedHillsBeef.com. Use the code BBQNATION at checkout and save yourself 15% on your order. Give Painted Hills Natural Beef a place on your table this holiday season. It's time for Barbecue Nation with JT. So fire up your grill, light the charcoal, and get your smoker cooking. Now from the Turn It, Don't Burn It studios in Portland, here's JT. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the nation. That's Barbecue Nation. I'm JT, along with my co-host and co-commander, Lee Whippen, Leanne Whippen, but she does go by that sometimes, with Camaro Dave and Commander Chris. Coming to you from our Turn It, Don't Burn It studios here in Portland. And Barbecue Nation is part of the USA Radio Network. Good Lord, we got two Hall of Famers on the show today. No, I don't know how we're going to deal with that. Anyway, we'd like to thank the folks that Painted Hills Natural Beef, beef the way nature intended. You can check them out online at PaintedHillsNaturalBeef.com. Okay, we do have two Hall of Famers. we got my co-host, obviously, Leanne, and it's a holiday coming up next week, so we've got Meathead is back. How you doing Yay. there, pal? Hey. You, you doing okay? You know, there's only 30 living Hall of Famers. I knew it was limited. I didn't know the number. Yeah, I, I, I did the math. the stat. I that means we got to hang in. You're number 30. <laughs> 30. Wow. Wow. What would it be like to be 30 again, Leanne? I don't know. Oh, I don't know. I, I don't I, remember. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, um, 4th of July, uh, depending on what stats you read in that, it's the biggest outdoor grilling holiday of the uh, barbecue holiday of the year. Um, I'm going to start off with one piece of trivia for you. I've got a bunch of it for you, Meathead, uh, this year. So the, um, the average American this year will spend more on condiments than chips and dips for the, um, 4th of July condiments, meaning, you know, pickles, uh, mustard, all that stuff. I thought you said condoms. No, (laughs) well, they might do that too, but that I didn't look in that category. So get lucky wow. on the 4th of July. Are yeah. you going to have to bleep the first five minutes of this conversation? <laughs> <laughs> so um, those are pretty big numbers, but let's jump into it. Most people, when they think of 4th of July, think of burgers, uh, dogs, maybe some steaks, a lot of ribs like that. What happens at the um, Goldwyn residence? It's ribs. In fact, we do have a party here, uh, mostly just family, a few close friends. And uh, they all want ribs, and that's fine with me. Um, I satisfy them. Uh, uh, to me, Thanksgiving is turkey, and Fourth of July is ribs. I mean, I can do hamburgers, hot dogs, all you know, Memorial Day, Mother's Day, Father's Day, Tuesday, <laughs> but 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 Fourth of July, it's special. I mean, it's 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 an important holiday. You know, we we all hold hands across the country and celebrate the the birth of our nation. Uh, right. Uh, wherever you come from, immigrants born here, um, uh, you know, un- unless you hate America and there are not too many left who do, um, we, uh, we celebrate. And, uh, I think it calls for special food. I-, I know how I cook ribs and we can talk a little bit about that. And I'm betting Leanne cooks them differently than me because she's been a champion competitor. I'm a backyard cook. 
So if you feel like it, we could launch into a discussion about. Yeah, I don't really eat competition, competition ribs at home. <laughs> you don't do them at home? Not competition style. No, no wrapping. None of that added stuff. Uh, actually, I actually have a couple racks that I just do salt and pepper on. I, oh, it's, really? Texas yes. Style. Yes. I like that a lot. Even rib tips. Delicious. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I know that there are listeners out there, though, and they watch barbecue competition on TV and they want to make absolutely spectacular ribs uh, competition style. They've seen all that process with the aluminum foil or the butcher paper and the agave and all that. I don't do that because, like I said, I'm a backyard cook and it sounds like for you most of the time you don't either. Mm -hmm. But can you tell us? how a barbecue competitor will cook ribs? Sure. It's usually the three, two, one method, which means three hours, you know, with your dry rub meat side up and maybe spritz a little apple juice or something to keep it from, you know, getting dry. And then you wrap in foil, putting ribs meat side down. Normally you add uh, butter or some sort of butter substitute, uh, honey, agave, like you said, uh, some light brown sugar, maybe a spritz of apple juice, wrap it extremely tight, put it meat side down for two hours, and then you unwrap for the last hour. And that's when you set your sauce uh, the last, you know, 30 minutes or so. And that's that's the usual. That's a lot right. of work. It is. It is. Mm -hmm. I, and if you're doing a big crowd, it's a lot of aluminum foil. And that's not cheap these days. No, no, it's it's not. You know, I have people ask me, they write in or you see them. I know you both go through that, too. But they'll say, what's the simplest way I can do it? And um, I want Meathead to address that, if you would. The simplest way that people uh, maybe they haven't done a lot of ribs, you know, they've probably eaten a ton of them, but they've never cooked a ton of them. Well, before I launch into that, I, I want to go back to Leanne's technique, because I think we need to hear an explanation as to why you do all those things. Um, uh, it's to you're gonna start with you start with naked ribs mm -hmm. and then you're going to put a rub on there. Is and there take the membrane kind of off? You take the membrane off the back of the ribs. Competition style. Some people will cut off the end ribs just to make it more beautiful. But why waste food? It's the holidays family. I don't think it matters um, about that. I like those uh, crunchy ribs at the end. I do, too. And wrapping, you really don't get that. But you're imparting flavor and tenderness, you know, with the added additional ingredients. And the fact that you're putting it meat side down helps with the tenderness as well. So that's my thoughts on it. Can, Wrapping it in foil allows it to sort of braise in its own liquids and steam. Mm -hmm. and, and that really helps with tenderness more than it does with flavor. Am I correct? Yes, but you have to be careful when you when you wrap those ribs. It has to be very, very tight. Uh, you don't want it to become mushy, the meat, with all that additional steam that's being created. Mm -hmm. Can you change that up a little bit if somebody wants to try that at home i don't mean the three two one as far as the timing but what happens if you don't add all the extra uh, agave or whatever you choose to do when you wrap it i've done it and it works out fine um you know you're still creating a, a steamy type environment because of the moisture from the ribs combining with your dry rub so it is an absolutely necessary 
Uh, You're cooking indirect, of course, so your ribs are not going to burn inside the foil. I usually, you know, do a 275, you know, temperature on the smoker. Yeah, let's let's make sure that anybody who is new to the concept um, understands um, the what uh, some of the the jargon that we use, and that is indirect. Um, If you have a dedicated smoker, usually the fire is kept far away from the food. And that means the food is cooking by convection, airflow, or indirect heat. But if you're cooking on a grill, you want to be careful not to put food directly over the charcoal or the flame. Then you're generating a lot of infrared energy, which will cook things very quickly. And in most cases, the best thing to do on a grill is you divide your grill in half. If you're working on a gas grill, turn one or two burners on and leave one or two burners off and the ribs will go on the off side so that there's convection airflow, gentle heat, rather than direct energy pounding on that meat, which can burn it and it Mm -hmm. can cook it too fast. And ribs are very tough muscles. They work very hard, both on pigs and steers and humans. So you want to cook them slowly and gently. Um, Leanne, you said 275. I'm a 225 guy. I mean, I think the lower the better. But you don't want to get it up to 300, 400 degrees. You don't want to put it under the broiler in your oven. Um, You want to let them cook uh, gently to break down those um, uh, connective tissues. When you use high heat, the muscle fibers clench up and they squeeze out juice. So you want to keep the temperature down in, in, in most of the process. And the other thing is, is you have to be careful of the ingredients in your dry rub. If it has a high sugar content, Um, that will tend to burn if you're finishing them off over the direct flame. And as you said, the two zone or, you know, the method you were talking about, if you want to convert your gas grill into a smoker, you place, uh, say, wood chips that you get at the grocery store that have been, you know, you could soak them in water and then poke holes in the foil and enclose it. And you put that directly over the flame. So it creates that smoky environment and imparts the flavor into your meat. Yeah, that's a real good technique. Throw the wood right on. And, and you, you actually don't even need to wrap them in foil. You can. A lot of people do that helps them smolder. I like to throw them right on the fire so they burn and you get a, a, a different flavor smoke uh, mm-hmm. that way. And uh, uh, but either way, you have your two zones and you put the wood chips on the right on the flame. And that smoke then will circulate over to the indirect side. And I would stay away from mesquite. I think mesquite is more appropriate for beef. Yeah. So any kind of fruity wood, maybe some hickory, you know, combo, you know, something soft. You said, Leanne, you said 275. Meathead, you said 225. Uh, that's my per- preferential okay. temperature. I, I'm, I, a, I'm a 225 too. But when it's a matter of time, you know, you have to think about how much time you have to cook the ribs. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I've always been old school 225. But then just because of time i won't go over 275 but yeah. that's usually the reason we've got about a minute and a half left before uh we got to go to break but um i was going to tell you amy mills told me that at 17th street they cook theirs at 210 wow just, just fyi there but they're I'm putting out the, they're putting out a lot of product um, um you know everybody's got their favorite number um amazingribs.com the website that i run we recommend almost all cooking at 225. That way, yeah. if you're learning to manage your fire, learning to manage your grill, learning to manage your smoker, 
you need to shoot for one temperature. I know a lot of wet recipes will say, do this at 225, this is 250, this is 275. To me, that's a little complicated. So 225 is the number I want you to master. There you go. Um, I think it, I think it's good. I I do the 225. Sometimes I cheat a little bit at the end. I might crank it up that extra 10 degrees or so. Uh, if I want them a little crisper on the outside, that's just me. Um, that's just what I do. Mm-hmm. We're going to take a break here on Barbecue Nation, and we're going to be back after bit. We're going to get him healed up first with Meathead and Miss Leanne right after this. Hey, everybody, it's JT, and this is a special version of Barbecue Nation. It is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef, beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Hey, welcome back to Barbecue Nation. I'm JT, along with two Hall of Famers today, if you didn't catch that in the first segment. HOF1, Meathead Goldwyn from AmazingRibs.com, and HOF2, Miss Leanne Whippen, who's my co-pilot on this show. Um, and I'm just in awe of the whole thing. Oh, we got to get you in there. Oh, yeah. yeah. My, m- more like the Hall of Shame. There's I'm no sure. radio people in the Hall of Fame, so there's a slot for you. There you go. Okay. Yeah. So we're talking 4th of July, and we were, we were, were, and that's Leanne's fire alarm. Um, just testing. <laughs> they're just testing. Sorry, folks, we can't do anything. But the listeners it. out there don't have to be running for the exit. No, That's right. no, no, no. no. Um, we we're talking about ribs and stuff, and we we're talking about temperatures and and preparations. Uh, let's kind of go over that real quick again. If if somebody's at home and they've had experience, I think we gave them a ton of good information in the first segment. Uh, if they don't have a lot of experience, let's say it's their first rack of ribs. I'll go with Leanne first. Tell them, walk them through it real quick again. Well, basically, make sure you take that membrane off the back, which you can do with a paper towel or a <laughs> or even um, a uh, towel from your kitchen. And you can slip a, a, a back handle of a spoon underneath it, whatever you want to help uh take that membrane off because that's going to if you leave it on, it's going to create a barrier and your spices are not going to permeate your meat. So you want to remove that. So that's first off, obviously trim any noticeable fat on it. Most ribs are pretty well trimmed these days, but sometimes you'll get a chunk. And uh, and when you season your ribs, don't be shy on your dry rib. Hit it pretty hard on both sides and also the sides of the ribs. And if you want, um, forgive the shameless plug, but on amazing.com. We have photographs of how to get that membrane off because it's probably the trickiest part of the whole process. This is the pleura. It's the membrane that lines the ribs. You have it, too. And it sticks to the ribs. And it's a good idea to get it off. And uh, I just use a butter knife or, as Leanne said, the back of a spoon. Get it wiggle under there and then you can grab it with a paper towel and pull it off. Yeah, it comes off pretty easily. We did say in previous shows, if if for some reason, somebody has some impairment in their hands. You can score it. It's not preferable to sure. do that, but you can score it down the bone and that will open up a little bit when you're cooking it. But it is it's best thing is to get it off there. Yeah. And another reason to do it is there's, there tends to be a lot of fat underneath it. And so when you get it off, that fat will melt and drip out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it will. And that just 
reflective of me right there. Now, now something that we didn't touch on, we were talking about things like three, two, one method is that spare ribs and St. Louis cut ribs, which come from further down the side than the back ribs, which come from near the spine. Um, they take a little longer. Um, uh, baby back ribs or back ribs, which come from along the spine. Most of the meat is on top of the bones and they can be done in as little as three to four hours, depending mm -hmm. on what temperature you're cooking at and whether you wrap them in foil, like we talked about. Spare ribs or the St. Louis cut, which is a, a trim down spare rib. Um, they can take four to six hours. So That's correct. Um, mm -hmm. You want to, you can use your thermometer. It's kind of tricky getting the temperature in between the bones. Um, but what I do is I pick it up in the center with my tongs and kind of bounce them around. And if the surface cracks, they're done. Yeah. Yeah. That that's. Um... And you'll see the meat kind of pulling back from the end of the bone and it's showing more bone. That's kind of a clue. I kind of wiggle two ribs. And if they start to break a little bit, the meat separates a little bit. I know that they're getting close. And as far as internal temperature, I don't know, Meathead, what you're. Uh, I, I'm not a real temperature person on ribs. I'm more of a watch oh. person, but to temp, I would say maybe even 205, 206, as high as 208. Um, yeah, I think anything over 190, 200 in that range, uh, it's tricky. Um, yeah. But it's worth it. You got to do the low and slow. You got to take a long time. If you can get the smoke on there, get a good rub in there, and you'll really be able to reward it. And the thing is, if you do it yourself, it's often better than what you can get at a restaurant because often because it takes so long, the restaurants do them long in advance and they sit around for a few hours and they can dry out. Mm -hmm. uh, if you do them yourself and you get the timing down, it's much better. So I got a question for both of you. I was looking at um, one of the social media sites and they made a big deal. There's this beautiful rack of ribs. OK, and they reached in and they were they were cooked. and they were pulling out the bone. They were just, I mean, they were so done. They weren't burnt or anything, but they were just so done that they were just pulling out the bone. And these people that were doing that were so excited about that. My first inclination and, you know, and Leanne, you don't have to leave yet. Um, why would, why would you do that? To make Does, a McRib sandwich. Oh, <laughs> Oh. There's actually a, a, a company, I think they're in Ohio, that makes boneless ribs, and they do just that. They, they it, Basically, they, you have to overcook them, and then the bones will actually pull out. Yeah. And you can have boneless ribs, which means you can cut them with a knife and fork. It's just a lot of people that don't like eating with their hands. Mm -hmm. I think that's the fun of ribs. Is it is. I it agree. Is. I mean, you go through all that work. <clears throat> And like you said, it's the fun part. And especially if you got kids and stuff around and they're chewing on a rib and they got sauce on their mouth oh, and yeah. you know, all that, you know, grandma's over there spilling it on her shirt. I mean, that's that's all the fun of it. Why would I don't, I didn't get it? So uh, and I'm kind of stodgy about some of that stuff. But it's like, you know, to me, that was on the same level as parboiling them to cook them. You know what I mean? Oh, we yeah. should talk about that. A lot of people like to boil them or simmer them or what's called parboil them. And then they throw them on the grill. And what that does is it super tenderizes. It makes it very tender 
and almost mushy. Let's remember that water is a solvent. That's why you wash your hands with water and you wash your car with water. If you look at the water, if you take ribs and throw them in a pot and you simmer them, that water turns brown. Yeah. That's flavor. That's meat flavor coming out of the meat. You can't get it back in. The best way to cook ribs is in warm air. Um, we are going to take a break here. Real quick, though, if you want to get a hold of us, Meathead, you can contact through the AmazingRibs.com website. For us, it's BarbecueNationJT.com, and you can send us a note there. Um, I know that Meathead being on the show today will get a note from certain people. We always do when he's on the show. Anyway, we're going to take a break. We're going to come back on the USA Radio Networks right after this. If you're enjoying GT and his show, come check out my podcast, Around the House with Eric G, where we talk home improvement and design right here where you catch this podcast. Head to AroundTheHouseOnline.com. Welcome back to Barbecue Nation here on the USA Radio Networks. We thank you all very much for listening. Thank the folks again at Painted Hills Natural Beef, Beef the Way Nature Intended. If you can't find Painted Hills in your area, wherever you live across the country, go to their website at PaintedHillsBeef.com. And uh, they have a store locator. And they also ship. They're doing some shipping now directly from them. And also David Malik and his team at Gunter Wilhelm Knives, or as Meathead calls it, Gunter Wilhelm. Um, we all have them. We all use them. And that's mm -hmm. great. We appreciate that very much from David and his crew. We're talking with Meathead Goldwyn, who always makes an appearance before every major holiday on the show. And we're very um, thankful for that. I wanted to ask you what uh, we'll start with Leanne here. Your personal favorites for side dishes on the 4th of July. We talked about ribs. We'll get to burgers and mm -hmm. dogs in a little bit. But mm -hmm. I want to know about your side dishes. Well, uh, of course, it's always the go to potato salad. Um, you know, that's always my favorite. And, you know, I, I like pulled pork sandwiches with coleslaw on top. So I always have to have some coleslaw around mm -hmm. and uh, grilled fresh corn, you know, maybe elote um, and, you know, just traditional sides like that. Baked beans to me. I like baked beans, but they're hot and I don't like to eat a lot of hot food when it's hot out. So I tend to stay away from that. I like a good cornbread with some fresh corn kernels in the bread, even uh, a little cream uh, corn adds that moisture. Oh, uh, yeah. And you can cook that in an iron skillet right on your grill. So those are some of my faves. I like to chop up some jalapeno in there, too. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I actually I am. My, I'm, I'm pretty standard, too. I go for the slaw and the potato salad. Steer away from the hot stuff, too. But um, uh, I love um, Thai sweet, sour cucumbers. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. um, just cucumbers with a rice vinegar, a little water, equal parts rice vinegar and water, um, a little pinch of sugar and Thai basil. And Thai basil is different than Italian basil, has very distinctive flavor. And then a couple little onions and just a half hour, an hour of marinade. Oh, man, I love that stuff. That's oh, delicious. I'm a I love everything you guys said. But one thing that uh, I make is uh, my uh, mother-in-law, who's not with us anymore, taught me how to make this. Uh, it's a mac salad. Mm -hmm. And and I just happen to love it. We I don't use a lot of mayonnaise. I use a little more Miracle Whip in it and I make it a little crunchy and a little savory. And that's just 
something that and it, and when you put it on your plate next to the beans, there's always a c- good combination there. The beans and the mac salad, just like you do with potato salad. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, that's really good. So I use uh, for pasta salad. I use what they call cavatappi pasta and it's a little squirrely. And I call it pigtail pasta because it looks like a little pigtail. So yeah. if you want to get kind of fun. <laughs> yeah, that sounds great. What what time's dinner? All right. <laughs> Take me a while to get to your house, but I'll pick yeah. up Meathead on the way. Okay. All right. Let's go back to uh, some traditional stuff. Uh, one of the last shows we did together, all three of us, we talked about uh, sausages, brats, pulleys, all that kind of stuff. Uh, most of American, and I've got some stats here we'll talk about later, but uh, good old Frankfurter. I like the ones that are long enough to go to the end of the bun. All right. I got agree. it. Got to have that. Got to have your basic condiments, which um, and you can mix these up. But for me, it's like mustard, no ketchup. That's verboten on my house. (laughs) Um, Maybe a little sauerkraut, a little chopped onion, maybe a little relish if you want. Uh, Just no ketchup. I can't I can't do that. You know, I love hot dogs so much. I can eat them naked. I mean, the hot dog's naked, not me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, it's a bad visual there, meathead. Yeah, really. (laughs) Maybe some chopped onion or some caramelized onion, but they're great naked. But one of the things I love to do, and we may have touched on this, is it's very distinct regional styles of hot dog. And it comes down to the toppings that you put on them. And I'll put out a variety of toppings. And if you want, you can make a Cincinnati dog. You can make a New York dog. You can make a Dodger dog. And uh, I describe all of these and how they're done on AmazingRibs.com. And that's always a fun party. Yeah. And also, most of the time you're serving hamburgers, too. So you can have a whole array of toppings that you can put on your hamburgers and hot dogs. And Jeff, as you were saying, that the the cost of people are spending more money on condiments than anything else. And I think it's because people are really testing what's out there and making everything. Like fire alarms, (laughs) testing fire alarms. No, I think that's true because we all have, you know, different palates. Uh, depends on how you grew up. There's a whole litany of things that goes into how you prepare and present your food. But um, I am adamant. And I know that was one of the first things when Meathead was on the show years ago that we talked about was no ketchup on hot dogs. It's a Chicago thing. And I subscribe to it. You know, people get really upset. I think it's the one thing on my website that draws more ire than anything. Mm-hmm. Um is we have a page and it's a humor page and it's got all of the pe- famous quotes from people about ketchup on hot dogs and cur- including Dirty Harry. And it's it's a humor page, but people get really agitated about it. And they I'll put ketchup on it if I want to, you son of a gun, you know, and it's like ketchup on a hot dog steals your sense of humor. <laughs> so when let's talk burgers for a second. Now okay, the, ketchup the, on a burger. I'm that, in for that. Yeah. Do you make a secret sauce? Yes, I do. And too. I have it on my website um, it, 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 and it's really nice. It's it, I start with barbecue sauce, red mm-hmm. barbecue sauce, a little mustard, a little mayonnaise, a little hot sauce. Get the proportions right. Um, and it is awesome. Dan? So I did smash burgers the other night because um, I like a good smash burger that's crispy on the edge. And I made a sauce that actually was very simple with mayonnaise more mayonnaise and yellow mustard and you brush it on the bun. And then when you toast the bun, it almost mm. has that deliciousness of butter, but 
mayonnaise is really good as a sub for that. So that mm-hmm. that was really good on a smash burger. I like that. I got to try that. Mm-hmm. So you brought something up there. I don't know how many Fourth uh, of July's or just barbecues in general you all have been to. I know it's in the between the three of us. It's a lot. But there's always somebody who's trying to cook a, a homemade patty and they're yay thick, you know, uh, before the term smash burger came around, so to speak. But they're not done in the middle. And, you know, they don't have a thermometer. They don't. Um, they they kind of char it on both sides and hand it to you and you bite into it. And it, it, it it's just not done. Okay. Well, that's the luxury of a smash burger because, you know, you don't take a temperature on it from your guests like, oh, do you want medium rare or whatever? Because you're or, you know, opening Pandora's box for a disaster or a failure um, where smash burgers. It is what it is. They're they're cooked all the way through. No through. question. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the issue with the, the, a not done burger is it's an element of risk. And, you know, you get the highest risky thing you do in life is getting behind the wheel of your car. Um, but ground beef there is risk of um uh, bacteria contamination um and it's not the same as with a steak if you cook a steak any bacteria is on the surface it's going to be killed but if you grind that surface into the center now you have bacteria in the center and if you don't cook it thoroughly you run a high risk how high is that risk i don't know the exact numbers um, there's a, you know, you may be able to eat medium rare hamburgers all your life and never get sick. But if you get sick, it's a one nasty sickness mm-hmm. and it can kill. So, I mean, especially if you got granny or somebody who's immune compromised or a kid, you want to cook your burgers through to 155 internal temperature. Right. Absolutely. Okay. Cheese. <sighs> Now, I'm not telling you to smile. I'm just saying cheese, <laughs> cheese on your burger. I just like I, I like all American cheese and I like a good blue cheeseburger with some red onion on it, even sauteed red onions. Um, it's a personal preference. Even a pepper jack is good. I, cheese is just any kind of cheese. <laughs> yeah. I don't care for cheese on my burger. I like it naked. Huh. Just you like and, your dogs. You and my wife. She she doesn't like cheese on her burger. Well, I shouldn't say naked. I, I mean, because I I'll pile on the tomato and the onion and the lettuce and the the burger glop, which is my secret sauce. It's called burger glop. But I'm not a cheese guy. Yep. Uh, that, that's don't worry about that, Leanne. It's yeah. Le- le- for <laughs> listeners out there, they're testing the smoke alarm in Leon's apartment there, yes. and it keeps going off. And she keeps putting her hand on the microphone as if that's going to help. <laughs> Yeah, the mic is three dimensional. Nice try. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> just, just roll with it, Leanne. All right. Okay. Well, I I like I like cheese on my burgers. I you know, and I like blue cheeseburgers. I like all that. But my favorite cheeseburger is one where you just use the good old American craft singles, slap those babies on there, let them melt. Then you can put your glop or whatever you're gonna do. Um, I'm always a little light on the lettuce as for obvious reasons, but, uh, you know, a couple of pickles, some onions, guap, uh, things like that. I'm not one to, uh, I'm, I'm not one to like put a fried egg and that kind of stuff on my no. burger. I, I, that's 
you're creating a different type of sandwich when you're doing that. That to me is not a burger. But again, I'm old and stodgy and set in my ways. Uh, here's a trick. If you guys like cheeseburgers and the cheese isn't melting because, you know, you flip the burger over and the burger is hot. But cheese has a higher melt point. Get a baking pan or a mixing bowl, metal mixing bowl, and just put it on top of that burger with the cheese on top. Yep. And it'll, it'll reflect heat back down and it'll help it melt better. And you mentioned pickles. And Leanne, are you putting your famous pickles on your burgers? The bread and butter pickles? Actually, no. If I put pickles on, I, I want them to be dill pickle. <laughs> uh, we're going to take a break. We're going to be back uh, with my wounded warrior friend. <laughs> Meathead you, had, you didn't even tell tell the listeners that he's having teeth problems. Or yeah, mouth problems. I, I, I had oral surgery and I've got five stitches in my tongue. And I tell you, I, I may not be back after the break, guys. I, I, I may beg off. I'm in pain. Okay, That's fine. We'll take a break. We'll be back in just a okay. minute. Hey, everybody, it's JT, and this is a special version of Barbecue Nation. It is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef, beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Hey everybody, welcome back to uh, Barbecue Nation, the home of wounded warriors and time uh, conscripted people today. Uh, we've got Meathead, myself, and Leanne with us today. Next week, we're going to have Matt and Shane from Pig Beach in uh, New York City. New York City, yeah. Um, they're going to be on talking about their new book. We did that show uh, several weeks ago, and now it's time in the rotation to do that. So, Leanne, one thing we didn't talk about, 4th of July, Usually everybody brings something to the barbecue. I mean, uh, including faulty fire detectors mm -hmm, or smoke mm -hmm. detectors, but desserts. Mm. What what is and, and you know, traditionally it's kind of like strawberry shortcake or is out here on the West Coast because we're huge strawberry growers out here in Fourth of July, you know, they have that. And that's one of my favorites. Uh kind of a what i call yum yum salad we talked about it i actually make it at christmas too but i make it at the fourth of july that's really good it's kind of an ambrosia type thing what do you do um i i like grilled fruit even grilled watermelon that's very traditional um and grilled i think we've talked about grilled pineapple is so delicious and i put a caramel sauce on it um i love ice cream on the fourth of july but it's just so hard to keep it you know cold so you know i wish i had it but of course you know some more some more are fine because you can interchange rather than the hershey's you know chocolate you can use snickers or different kinds of um bars I for that nutella Mm, yeah. Just don't use Vegemite. No. Ooh. Oh, that stuff's nasty. Meathead, besides having a scotch and some Vicodin right now for your illness, what uh, can you share what you would do there at the Goldwyn residence for uh, 4th of July desserts? Well, you, you, you raise the subject of strawberries. They're in season. Yeah. Mm. I mean, you try to use what's in season. Uh, I mean, I'd love to serve a peach cobbler, but it's not in season. So, um, Strawberries, um, I mean, and just strawberries um, uh, chilled uh, with some whipped cream. That's gorgeous. Uh, ice cream. Um, I've done pound cake where you throw it on the grill and actually mm, get a little um, grill flavor on the pound cake and the strawberries on top. Pie, strawberry pie. Oh, you're a pie guy, too, aren't you? Oh, yeah, I am. Strawberry rhubarb pie. Now you're talking. 
A yeah. pineapple upside down cake and an iron skillet is always fun, too. You just oh, throw yeah. it on the grill. So that's that's fun. Yeah. And you can, you know, if you have an ice chest and you make your whipped cream um, at home, you can use Cool Whip, I guess. But I like real whipped cream. But if you've got an ice chest there, that'll keep the uh, whipped cream pretty, pretty thick, pretty solid. Ready for... Whip is real is real whipped cream. It's um, actually pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah oh, Ready is. Whip is. And it's really convenient, easy to use. It's real whipped cream. Cool Whip has never done anything for me. It tastes plastic. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I use Cool Whip for a filler. Now, I'm going to tell you something that our friend um, Graham Kerr, the Galloping Gourmet, uh, had me do a few years ago because I was doing a, a party and I was searching for a dessert. He took a pound cake and he thinly sliced the top of it off. Um and that was going to kind of be his lid. And then he made even slices all the way through it. And then he rotated Nutella there. And then with whipped cream, Nutella whipped cream. And I don't know how many slices. I did like four slices through this and filled it up. And then uh, put the cap on the top, uh, which was right on a uh, whipped cream. Okay. Mm -hmm. So he did that. And then you chilled it very well. And that worked out. That was a great dessert. It was very easy to make. Mm, sounds yeah, delicious. pretty standard layered cake procedure yeah. is yeah. Mm -hmm. Taking a thick cake and it, the tricky part is holding that knife parallel to the counter and getting it sliced properly. But that sounds wonderful. Yeah, mm -hmm. it, it worked out really well. And and um, so if you're looking for something different, you could also do that. I've also done on on television. I've taken a pound cake, taken the top off, hollowed it out and filled it up with blueberries and strawberries, a little sugar. Oh, in there. You're talking, mm, you know, delicious. like that. Put the cap back on, put some whipped cream on and serve it. It works out. Really, it's really easy. And, uh, and the red, white and blue cake. I mean, blueberries are in season. Yep. Strawberries yes. in season there and, and, and whipped cream. Uh, there you go. Red, white, and blue. Yeah. Yep. Works really good. One thing we didn't talk about, and I'm going to hit Leanne with this, and then we're going to wrap up the show here. There will be no after hours, at least today, but maybe I can catch meathead on another day. Um, we didn't talk about chicken. And my, and my apologies. I, I just did not realize that uh, the dentist was going to do this to me today. Uh, you're hurting, yeah. and I, and you're I, actually I feel being for quite it. the champ. Yes, you are. Chicken. My theory is when we got kids around, I've always got drumsticks on the grill or the smoker for the little guys. Big people eat them, too, obviously. But yeah, sometimes little kids don't want to eat a, a whole burger or, you know, ribs, whatever. So I always have drumsticks for them there. That's, and, that's a great strategy. Just be careful with chicken. Make sure you cook it to a minimum of 160, 165. Um, there, that, that, that's that's right up there in the risk category with burgers. You don't want to, you know, you don't want kids getting sick on the 4th of July. Yeah, right. You, you don't want that. And yeah. I like wings, too. Wings are good for 4th of July. Wing. Now, do you do yours on the grill or will you throw them in a smoker and do them? Leanne? Well, that's, what I do is um, actually I cook them over direct heat, so I'm grilling them. OK, I like the crispiness, you know, that's and it. the marks and all that. The, the skin to meat ratio is all in favor of skin. It's all about the skin. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. You got to have the crunch. You know, I'm surprised somebody hasn't come up with a cereal that's like wing crunch, you know, instead of <laughs> Captain Crunch. <laughs> Maybe we should have talked to Paula Strasher about that because she's the yeah, her wing. Well, I've been known wing. to strip the skin off a chicken and then um, grill it till it's crispy and then sprinkle it on top of um, like pulled chicken sandwich or uh, mm -hmm. something like that. 
get it really good and crunchy. Now, that's an amazing idea. And another thing is, you know, when you're cooking chicken breasts, they tend to dry out. People overcook them. But, you know, boneless, skinless chicken thighs hold the moisture. Yeah. They cook even faster and they hold longer without drying out. So I highly recommend thighs over breasts. I know people are like, you know, the light dark thing. But if you're really looking for, you know, really something that's going to hold better for you, the thighs do. Yeah, I think so. I think so. We we do a lot of thighs around here just normally. Um, they're and they're inexpensive, relatively. Relatively to, you know, the cost of a gallon of gas anymore or something like that. But that's a different subject. Do you have uh, big plans for the 4th of July, Leanne? Um, as of now, um, a couple things in the works, um, but it's just going to be probably just grilling out with family and friends. There you go. How about you, MG? Always um, family and friends. We have a traditional annual 4th of July here and it's ripped. We always have um, it's ro- it's ro- <laughs> it's rodeo season out here. So you'll find us at either St. Paul or Malala or one of them, usually for just one night. I've kind of retired from all that stuff, but I do like to go see a one performance. Anyway, we're going to get out of here. We're going to let Meathead go get healed up here and Leanne get off to Italy and uh, Italy. Yeah, my cousin's getting married in Lake Como. So Saturday I leave. Oh my god. I know. I've never been so excited. Me? Oh, I've I've traveled a lot of Italy, but not Lake Como. And I want to yeah. go in the worst way. Can I come? Yeah, I'll give George uh Clooney your best. Oh, <laughs> anyway, we, fun. we gotta get out of here. Don't forget Matt and Shane from Pig Beach are coming up next week and our motto here, turn it, don't burn it. Take care, everybody. And we'll see you next time. Happy 4th of July. Happy 4th of July. Barbecue Nation is produced by JTSD LLC Productions in association with Envision Networks and Salem Media Group. All rights reserved.